0: Oh, thank you to our worship team. No matter where you are at Rossville campus or here, man, I want to tell you, don't take our weekly worship for granted. You don't get it like that anywhere else. And so I'm so thankful for our worship team and all the hard work they put into it. Matthew chapter seven. If you have your Bibles, if you're joining us online, thank you so much for being there online. And if you're at a campus somewhere, thank you for being there as well. We're thrilled you are joining us, no matter how you are joining us well today i'm in this sermon series called faq answers your questions about the christian life it's what we've been doing all summer we're we're coming to a close as today and two more sundays i'm going to preach really on maybe three of the most famous verses in the bible over the next um three weeks and so uh i'm i'm really excited about these sermons today i'm doing something that um No preacher enjoys doing. I'm going to speak on a verse that needs no message. And so it's one of the hardest things you'll do as a preacher is when Jesus says something or even any Bible verse says something and it needs no explanation whatsoever. There's such a powerful statement in in the word that you don't need me to explain it because you've got it. Well, the problem is, I got 30 minutes to cover anyway today, so I'm going to do it anyway, all right? I want to preach on this, Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, how to change your world. Would you stand with me as we honor God's word by reading it right off the bat today? I want you to see this sermon, Matthew chapter 7, verse number 12 will be on the screen if you don't have your Bibles. One verse here in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, therefore, Whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Thank you. You may be seated. Make sure you have that card in your hand. We'll use it in just a moment. And uh, let me preach about the verse that doesn't need preached. I want to preach on how to change your world. Give me a moment to get there, and I'll explain it to you. Man, America has some weird lawmakers, don't we? I don't know if you've been watching the news this week. We got some weird lawmakers. It's not a Democrat or Republican statement. It's just... It, I'm just going to call it out. I wish I brought the video up here. Did you see Nancy Pelosi this week talking about China? And Nancy Pelosi said, well, when I was a little girl, we'd go on the beach, and I, my parents always told me that if I dug deep enough that I'd reach China, and because of that, I've always felt, felt a special connection to China. <laughs> what? What? And I think she's like in line for the presidency. Somewhere. I mean, we're we in bad, bad shape. America has some weird lawmakers. And when you have weird lawmakers, you wind up with some really weird laws. Georgia has its own chair, as a matter of fact. Jo- Georgia has this law, for example. If you own a chicken in Quitman, Georgia, it is illegal to let them cross the road. Somebody got mad at all those jokes, and man, they just put an end to that whatsoever. Uh, Georgia, we also have this law. It is illegal to spit from a car or bus in Marietta, but you are allowed to spit from a truck. (laughs) I don't even question that one, obviously, right? Obviously. Obviously. How about this one in Gainesville, Georgia? You're not allowed to eat fried chicken with a fork in Gainesville, Georgia. As a matter of fact, I take it a step further. You should go to jail for eating fried chicken with a fork. No, that this is a state law in Georgia. Um, no one may carry an ice cream cone in their back pocket if it is Sunday. But of course, on Monday, ha- have, at have at it. We we got weird driving laws in the nation, not just in Georgia, but in the nation. For example, in Alabama, it's illegal to drive blindfolded in Alabama. Now, here's the funny thing about this. You know why this is a law? Because somebody did it. And it's Alabama, right? But somebody did it. Somebody did it. They caught some, I guarantee they caught somebody in Alabama, and that does explain it a lot, driving blindfolded. And somebody's like, arrest him. And somebody said, well, we don't have a law that says it's illegal to drive blindfolded. And like the next time they had a law uh, uh, in Alabama. So, I mean, there's a reason laws are dumb. How about this in Los Angeles? You can't wash your neighbor's car without permission in Los Angeles. I don't know why. Just can't do it. How about this in Alaska? It is illegal to drive while your dog is tethered to your car. So in other words, in Alaska, you're not allowed to chain your dog to a car and go down the road at 50 miles an hour. However, it's fine with cats. It's all, it's all, it's fine with cats. Just, it's fine. Nobody cares. All right. You can't drive a car in reverse on public roads in Arizona. Again, why is that law on the books? Because somebody did it, right? More driving laws. You're not allowed to drive a black car on a Sunday in Denver, Colorado. Again, don't know why. How about this? I wish my teenage girls would have had this. It's illegal to run out of gas in Youngstown, Ohio. I have at least one daughter that would have spent a lifetime in jail if that had been a crime. In Chesapeake, Virginia, if you're over 14 years old, you cannot trick or treat even, we want to make sure that the people who are getting our candy are youngsters, two more. In Vermont, women must get permission from their husbands if they want to get false teeth. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. And finally, it's Florida. It's illegal to pass wind in a public place after 6 p.m. on Thursdays in Florida. Florida. The specificity of this law (laughs) boggles my mind. So if you start passing wind at 559 on Thursday and it's rather long because you have stomach issues and it goes to 601, you are in trouble. You're in trouble. And I put those up there to say this, the fact is we are we are probably all breaking laws every day of our lives that we are not even aware that we're... I know for me, I desperately need to get my chickens under control and get them from crossing the road. Like I, I get, The laws can get so weird and so obscure and so culturally and contextually defined. Every one of those laws made sense to somebody when we put them in law, but there's no way we could keep up uh, with all of those. However... There is a law that transcends time. There is a law that transcends culture. There is a law that transcends context and nationality and ethnicity and political persuasion. What is that law? We call that law the golden rule. The golden rule doesn't need to be put on the law books of our nations or our states. It is the law that we should carry around in our hearts and in our lives. Look back in your Bible at verse number 12. Jesus said this, Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also for them. Get it? For this is the law and the prophets. This is The law and the prophets, meaning we don't need the other laws. We don't need the other lawmakers. If we just paid attention to this one law, then we wouldn't need all the other laws on the books. It is the law that should be naturally lived out by the child of God. And hear me, it is the law that would change your world. Not only would it change your world, it would change the world. It is the law that would change your world, and it is the law that would change the world. You say, how can this one verse change my world? Because if you followed it in everyday life, the way people reacted to you and around you would make an enormous difference in your life. And if you follow the law, and I follow the law, and others follow the law, it would change our world. The kindness that comes from the golden rule is incredibly impactful in everyday life. Recent study on how people felt after performing, get this, performing or observing kind acts for seven days. Now hear me, performing or observing kind acts. Participants were randomly assigned to carry out at least one more kind act than usual for somebody close to them an acquaintance, or even a stranger, and to actively observe other acts of kindness. Happiness was measured before that and after the seven days of kindness. And here's what researchers found out. They found that being kind, even to a stranger, or actively observing kindness around us, boosted happiness. Doing it ourselves or even seeing kindness done. Increased our happiness level. Well, they went on to study all this. Here's some things we find out about kindness. Psychologists have found that performing acts of generosity boosts happiness and well being. It is even linked to the physical health benefits, including lower blood pressure. That the positive effects of kindness are experienced in the brain of everyone who witnessed the act, not just the person. Who was being kind to the person being kind, but anyone else who saw it, it it, it boosted their happiness, improving their mood and making them significantly more likely to get this pay it forward. When you see kindness, you want to do kindness. When you experience kindness, you want to do kindness. When you are kind, you want to continue being kind. This means one good deed in a crowded area can create a domino effect and improve the day of dozens of people. Get this, people who volunteer tend to experience fewer aches and pains. Giving help to others protects overall health twice as much as aspirin protects against heart disease. People 55 and older who volunteer for two or more organizations have an impressive 44% lower likelihood of dying early. Keep going. Like most medical antidepressants, kindness stimulates the production of serotonin. This feel-good chemical heals your wounds, calms you down, and makes you happy. About half the participants in one study reported that they feel stronger and more energetic after helping others. Many also reported feeling calmer and less depressed with increased feelings of self-worth. All of that comes from the golden rule. All of that comes from the kindness that stems from the golden rule. So here's what I just told you. I just told you that kindness or observing kindness leads to you living longer. Being in a better mood, being more happy, having better health, less depressed, more energetic and calmer. Living longer, better mood, more happy, better health, more energetic, less depressed and calmer. Now you tell me, you tell me, would that change your world? It will not only change your world, It will change the world if we'll all put that into action. How do we change our world? It's all about the golden rule. Now, there have been variations of the golden rule throughout history and culture. For example, Confucius said, what you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. It was the negative version of the golden rule. Rabbi Hillel, who was a famous Jewish scholar from a while back, says, What angers you when you suffer it at the hands of others, do not do it to others. This is the whole law. Again, it was the negative version of the golden rule. What you do not want done to you, do not do to others but jesus came along in matthew chapter 7 and he gave the the positive version of the golden rule what you won't done to others do under uh what you want done to you do unto others now why would he give us the positive version when the negative version already existed well the reason he did is the negative version of the golden rule requires no action if i don't do unto others what i don't want done to me that means i simply have to do nothing But Jesus came along and said, that's not the way it's supposed to work. What you want done to you, you go out and do to others, and that puts the golden rule into action. So you see it in verse number uh, 12. Look back at your Bible. Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also for them. Well, how can we practically flesh out the golden rule? It's the one um, thing to want to live that way, and it's another thing to actually live that way. But when I say to you, doing to others how uh, 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 do, uh, as you want done unto do you, you pretty much—that's the whole sermon. I'll be honest; you don't—you don't need a whole sermon on that. I can just read the verse, tell you to go do it, and if Jesus already preached the sermon. However, again, I got to cover thirty minutes, so here's what I want to do: I want to give you handles on the golden rule. And so I'm going to go very rapid fire through eight ways you can flesh out the golden rule in your life and the life around those. So would you take that card and let me give you eight ways that you can flesh out the golden rule in your life and the life around you. How do we live out the golden rule? By the way, there could be 50, there could be 100, there could be five. I'm just giving you eight to help you live it out in everyday life. So here are eight questions to ask yourself about living out the golden rule. Here they are. Question number one, how do I want to be treated? How do I want to be treated? I know if you're at home, just take a sheet of paper, write them on a sheet of paper, slip them in your Bible somewhere along the way. How do I want to be treated? This is where we start, right? The golden rule is to treat others the way we want to be treated the first place to start is figuring out how we want to be treated. I mean after all, there's some universal ideas of how we want to be treated, right? I mean, we don't it take a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon to figure out how we want to be treated. How do we want to be treated? We want to be treated with respect. How do we want to be treated? We want to we want to have loyalty. We want people to be honest to us. We want people to be kind to us. We want people to be decent to us. All of those are ways we want people to treat us. Well, the question is, how do we do to those around us? How do we treat those around us? I mean, for example, how would you feel if somebody were dishonest with you? How would you feel if somebody were disloyal to you? We don't want people to gossip about us. We don't want people to be unkind towards us. We don't want people to disrespect us. This one question sets the tone for the other handles. The question is simple. How do I want to be treated? And there are some universal ideas on how we want to be treated. So here's what Jesus would say. Here's a handle on the golden rule. Go out and treat others the way you want to be treated. Let me get a little more granular. Number two, ask yourself this question. How do I want to be spoken to? Now here's a handle we can all grasp. We break this up in categories for sure. Let me give you two categories this morning. How do you want to be spoken to at work? Do you want to be spoken to with understanding, kindness, sympathy, clear communication, sweet over sour, not profane? Well, if that's how we want to be spoken to at work, then when we go into our jobs tomorrow, our careers tomorrow, our occupations tomorrow, that's how we're supposed to speak to them. How about in the home? Do you want to be spoken to with kindness, sweetness, loving, rational? How about this, soft, no yelling, no screaming, Screaming. no profanity, no belittling, no insulting. How we talk to one another can make or break our relationships in marriage. Dr. Gottman, who is a marriage researcher, said this, that stable marriages, notice that word stable, have a five-to-one ratio of positivity to negativity during conflict. So that is while you're in an argument, while you're in a fight, that still stable good marriages have a five-to-one positivity to negativity even in the middle of conflict. Whereas in unstable marriages, the ratio is 0.8 to 1 which means there's so here in stable marriages during conflict now I'm talking about during during your knock down drag out well don't be punching anybody you know but during your knock down drag out even during conflict it's 5 to 1 positive to negative but listen in in unstable marriages there's more negative than there, there's more positive than negative here here there's more negative than there's positive you have to ask your question how do you want to be spoken to in our family and work and relationships and church Speak to the others the way you want to be spoken to. I know oftentimes we don't want a certain tone, but yet it's the same tone we're giving out. So how do you want people to speak to you? Here's what Jesus would say. Speak to them that way. Number three, this third handle, how do I want to be loved? We all want to be loved, right? We all, we need those special people in our lives that love us no matter what. What does love look like? Love looks like unconditional love, that you love me no matter what. Love looks like acts of service, those little things in our lives that make a big difference. Love looks like time, love looks like availability, love looks like somebody walking through the hardships with me in life. We all need those and we all need to give those we need to love our friends, love our family, love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't wait around for someone to love you. Go show the love of Christ to someone else. Over my whole ministry, I've had people say things like this. You know, you know, preacher, I was in church the other day and nobody even told me hello. And here's what I always want to say. Well, who'd you say hello to? Right? I've, I've had this. I've had people say to me, preacher, I missed a month and not one person called to check on me. And I'm sorry that happened. But can I ask you a question? When's the last time you called a check on somebody? 99% of the time the people are complaining about the lack of love they receive are not giving out love in their lives to anybody else. And here's what Jesus said. You know, Jesus said it this way. Jesus said if you want friends, you need to be what? Does anybody know? Friendly. You, you want a friend, be a friend. You want a friend, be a friend. You want love, show love to ev- everybody else. And so a handle I can put on um, the golden rule is how do I want to be loved? Number four, another handle is how do I want to be forgiven? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I mean, we all make mistakes. I mean, excuse me. You all make mistakes, Right? Sorry, you, you, you all make mistakes. How many mistakes do we make? Well, here's what research tells us. Research suggests that regardless of the activity or the task, humans m- make three to six errors per hour. And on average, 50 per day. Three to six errors per hour. And that's you too, right? Now let me ask you a question. When you're making three to six errors an hour, when you're making 50 our uh, mistakes a day. You say, preacher, math doesn't add up. Six times 24. Well, you're sleeping sometimes, so let's hope you're not making a lot of mistakes while, while you sleep. C- can I ask you a question this morning? How do you want people to react to your mistakes? C- can I ask you a question this morning? When you're a jerk and you realize it, what do you want people to do for you? When you're cruel, when you're having a bad day, when, 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 man, you ever just wake up on the wrong side of the bed sometimes? When you've, when you've got up on the wrong side of the bed, do, uh, and you know it, you can almost always tell it, can't you? You can almost always tell it because your, your husband or wife will let you know for sure right off the bat. That you, so you know it immediately. Let me ask you a question. When you're making your mistakes a day. Do you want people to forgive you? Do you want them to hold it over your head? Do you want people to make your mistakes a permanent part of your identity? Do you want them to hold grudge and bitterness towards you all the days of their lives? Or do you want them to acknowledge the fact that none of us are perfect and you've, you want them to be forgiven the way Jesus would forgive how do I want to be forgiven? I mean, be truthful. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, how many times must I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? As many as seven times, seven times? And Jesus said, I- I'll tell you, not as many as seven, but 70 times seven. Seventy. Jesus wasn't given a number Jesus was saying, anytime someone needs forgiven, then forgive them. Because, by the way, that's what you want. When you've wronged somebody and come to your senses, you want to be forgiven. When you've sinned and done something wrong, you want God to forgive you. When you've got out of bounds and you've hurt your husband, your wife, your kids, your parents, when you're wrong and you know it, you won't forgiven. So why don't you extend that same grace to others and cancel the debt that they owe you? How do we live out the golden rule? You ask yourself, how do I want to be treated? How do I want to be spoken to? How do I want to be loved? How do I want to be forgiven? How about this? How do I want to be encouraged? We all need encouragement. Studies show that encouragement at work means more to you than money or pay. Get this. In a survey of employees at 700 companies, the majority said that a caring, encouraging boss was more important to them than how much money they earned. That a caring, encouraging boss was more important to them than how much money they earned. In a 1999 study, showed that people in happy relationships spend five times as long talking about their sweethearts' good qualities as they do their bad. In other words, they are spending five times uh, as long encouraging them as they are discouraging them. That is the power of encouragement. We care. We talk about their good qualities. We speak positivity and words of affirmation. And when we do that, we change people's life. Why? That's what we want. We all want to be discouraged. If, if I gave any of you the choice between spending time with an encourager or a discourager, we'd all choose an encourager. So you be the encourager. You be the encourager to somebody else. You live out the golden rule and you be walking encouragement because this is a very, very discouraging world. Number six, ask yourself, how do I want to be heard? You want people to listen to you? You want others to understand you? You want to feel as if your voice and your feelings and your ideas are being heard and taken into consideration. So do that for others. Take time to listen to the people around you. Listen to what your spouse is trying to say. Listen to what your parents are, try- is, are trying to say. Listen to what your children are trying to say. Listen to your coworkers. Listen to your boss. Listen to your employees. The golden rule in action is how do I want to be heard? Number seven. How do I want to be helped? There are times in your life that you would give anything for somebody to reach out and help you. To borrow the analogy from the Good Samaritan in the Bible, you're the guy in the ditch. And you just need somebody to come along and help you. It could be financial help, it could be emotional help, it could be physical help, it could be spiritual help. You know, I've noticed we tend to not even notice the ditch until we're in it. We drive down the highway of life and we never look at other people who are laying in the ditch in need of help. Until we're there, until we're there. And then all we can see is the ditch when we're there. If you want to live out the golden rule, you look around your world and say, you know, if I were in that situation, here's how I would want to be helped. Number eight, I'll finish with this. Number eight, ask yourself this question, how do I want to be challenged? You know, sometimes we need somebody to come along and challenge us to be the best we can be. To live for Christ the best we can. To give our lives For something that matters. To be faithful to the Lord, his church, and his word. We all need somebody to come along and challenge us. To help us become the best we can be. And we don't always like challenge. We don't always like someone speaking that truth into our lives. But we need to be challenged. And sometimes you ask yourself, how do I want to be challenged? That's what I need to do to others. Those are some handles on the golden rule. How do I want to be treated, spoken to, loved, forgiven, encouraged, heard, helped, challenged? I could put a hundred things on the screen. I stopped at eight. Why? Because if you'll do these, you can change your world and you can change the world. Stand with me around the room. I can't finish the sermon without putting up the devil's rule. The devil's rule says this, do the others as they have done to you. Do to others as they have done to you. That's how the devil would have you live. The devil would have you live, when somebody wrongs you, you wrong them. Somebody hurts you, you hurt them. Somebody mistreats you, you mistreat them. Somebody lies to you, you lied to them. Somebody does something terrible to you, you're terrible back to them. Someone yells at you, you yell at them. And can I tell you, just as the golden rule spreads, just as the golden rule makes everybody's life better when we live this way, you turn everybody's life upside down, and can I tell you? The devil's rules how the world lives. As a matter of fact, it's the advice they give. Here, here's what they'll say: Well, if if they treated me that way, I'd give it right back to them. How many times have you heard that or something similar? It's the devil's rule. Don't live by that rule. It's the golden rule that'll change your world. If you're, if you're a diehard baseball fan, you'll recognize the name Casey Stingle. He was the manager of the New York Yankees, and Billy Martin took over as manager after him, one of the times Billy Martin did for the Yankees. And Stingle said this advice: He said, Billy, On any team, there'll be 15 guys who'll run through a wall for you, five who'll hate you, and five who are undecided. So Stingle told Billy Martin this, and I, I love this quote. He said, Billy, when you make out your rooming list, always room your losers together. Never room a good guy with a loser. It won't spread if you'll keep them isolated. The losers are the ones following the devil's rule in your life. Don't congregate with that group. Don't congregate with the one who's let's get them back group. It'll spread to you and you won't change your world. You'll absolutely mess up your world. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes? what's your rule of life? Jesus followed the golden rule when he went to the cross and gave his life for you. Can I ask you this morning, have you received that? Do you know for sure that Christ is in your life and heaven is your home? It's as simple as ABC. Whether you're at Rossville, whether you're in the room, whether you're watching online, you can be saved today because Christ lived out the golden rule and he gave his life for you. He loved you so much he gave his life for you so you could be saved. And being saved is as simple as ABC. Admitting you're a sinner, believing that Christ died for you on the cross for your sins and rose again three days later, and then confessing him as Lord and Savior of your life. As a matter of fact, whether you're at home, or whether you're in the room, whether you're in a room, Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you'd like to become a Christian today, know for sure that Christ is in your life. Heaven is your home. You can pray a prayer or something like this. It's not the words you say, but it's the intent of your heart and mind to give your heart and life to Jesus. You, you can say something like this. Pray with me if you'd like to be saved. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and can't earn my way to heaven. But I believe that Christ died on the cross for me and that he rose again three days later. Just now I confess him as Lord and Savior of my life. Ask him to come into my life, Lord Jesus. I ask you to come into my life to save me. Forgive me of my sin. And give me a home in heaven. And I trust Jesus and Jesus alone. If you're watching online, Jeremy's got a word for you this morning, but if you're in a room somewhere...
1: Thank you Pastor Joel for that great message and and I love that verse in Matthew chapter 7 verse 12 and I I just want to read it again Uh, Therefore whatever you want others to do for you do also the same for them for this is the law and the prophets. That passage of Scripture is kind of the golden rule and it's, it's, it's something that we should live by. It's an easy reminder to say, when I'm reacting in a way that I, I shouldn't react, is that how I want to be treated? And um, what, what a great time in the Word and what a convicting time uh, in the Word this morning. And uh, maybe God has called on you as a believer to respond. And maybe there are some things that you need to work on. I encourage you right where you are um, to just kneel down and do business with God. Perhaps you're watching this morning and you've never started a personal relationship with Jesus. There's no greater time than today and there's no reason to put that decision off. And often we do this in our minds. We say, man, I've got some things I need to work on. I've got some things I need to fix before I come to Jesus. You make the choice and let him make the change. And um, it begins with you understanding that you're a sinner. It started in the Garden of Eden. It's really not your fault, you were born into it. But our sin separates us from God. No matter how much good we try to do, there's nothing we can do to fix that separation. But Jesus died on the cross to pay for our sins. We've gotta admit that we're a sinner. We've gotta believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried dead in the tomb, And on the third day, he rose again, conquering sin, death and hell for you and I and bridging that separation between us and God. And then Romans 10 verse nine and 10 says, we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we will be saved. And if you've never done that this morning, then I wanna invite you Um, to pray this simple prayer after me. And it's not the prayer that saves you, it's the fact that you believe in your heart and you're confessing out loud to God that you believe and you claim Him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you need to give Jesus your heart and life, tell God this, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. I ask you just now by the power of your Holy Spirit to come into my heart take away my sin be my savior Lord I give my life to you in Jesus name hey if you just prayed that prayer this morning for the very first time and you meant it we want to say welcome to the family and we want to connect with you and we want to help you take next steps on your faith journey with Jesus and so if you just ask Jesus to be your savior I want to ask you to pull out your phone again and text IDID, I-D-I-D, to the number 97000. We're going to send you some information in the mail. I'm going to connect with you this week. All your information will come directly to me, and I'd love to hear about your decision to follow Jesus as your Savior. Hey, it's been awesome to be in God's house this morning, to worship together, even if it is online. I can't wait to see you next week. God bless you. Have a great week.